1: about scalable and actionable human performance takeaways for HR leaders. Susan Githuku, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
0: Thank you very much, John. I'm delighted to be here.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Nairobi, Kenya in the evening. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. It's morning for me. And today we're going to be talking about scalable and actionable human performance takeaways for HR leaders. Now, there's a lot that could fit into this topic. You know, clearly we only have about a half hour to to start exploring this together, uh, but I think it'll be a fun conversation. And in part, uh, we're going to learn about what you're doing Uh, in your role as lead consultant at Human Performance Dynamics Africa uh, as it relates to uh, these human performance components and and the mindset, the skills, the competencies that leaders uh, generally, but HR leaders specifically, need to have as we move into the future of work. As we get started, I wanted to share Susan's bio with everybody. As I mentioned, Susan is the founder and lead consultant at Human Performance Dynamics Africa, an organizational development and human resources consulting firm. She has over 25 years of global experience across multiple sectors and specializes in organizational transformations, talent development, executive recruitment, and diversity, equity, and inclusion management. Before establishing HPD Africa, Susan worked at Coca-Cola Company and was until January of 2009, the Eurasian African Group Director for Coca-Cola University. In this capacity, she was responsible for learning and development initiatives in 90 countries across Africa, Asia, and Europe. Prior to this role, she served as the Coca-Cola Africa Group CHRO based in London and Johannesburg. She has consulted widely for several organizations, including World Bank, the IFC, McKinsey, and sits on the board of Centrum Group in Kenya and Circle Gas in the UK. And I could really go on and on. There's a lot more I could share, but I'll I'll pause there and I want to give you a chance to share anything else with the audience that you would like them to know by way of your background, your personal or professional context, and then we can just dive on into the conversation.
0: Excellent. Thank you, John. Well, I think that was quite a mouthful and perhaps enough. Uh, What I could add is apart from being a human capital management uh, practitioner, I'm also an author. I'm a grandmother of two. I'm a former tennis player, and I enjoyed uh, losing matches at Wimbledon many years ago.
1: Yeah. While it's not the the primary focus, it is fa- fascinating uh, when I have the opportunity to talk with professional athletes and uh, former pre- professional athletes, because usually when we talk about human performance, you know, in the HR space, we're talking about workplace human performance, right? We're talking about workplace behaviors and attitudes and and uh, those sorts of things and how we interact with each other in teams and groups, et cetera. Um, but for you as a former professional athlete performing, you know, even uh, competing at Wimbledon, which is tremendous uh, human performance perhaps has a slightly different meaning.
0: Absolutely. It has all those meanings. The fact that, you know, within the workplace we must perform, but as a former athlete, it was all about performance, preparing for performance, ensuring that you deliver that performance. So for me, moving from being an athlete to being somebody who is helping people ensure that they performed. Uh, I think that that's why when I set up my own enterprise, the name was automatic. It, it's it's a bit of a mouthful, that name, but it makes just so much sense for me. For the last 10 years, 12 years, actually, since the business was started.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, you know, I, I'm not super athletic, but I have, you know, especially in, in, you know, my school days, I, I played baseball and basketball and, and I was on the tennis team and uh, the wrestling team and uh, things like that, you know? So, um, I, I, I tried those things. I I was not particularly great at any of them, but I, you know, I did them and, and it's interesting, you know, when you, um, when you do an individual sport like mm-hmm. wrestling or like tennis versus a team based sport like baseball or basketball or football, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of the approach is a bit different in how you try to maximize and optimize your, your personal potential and human potential, uh, of, of your team or, or the group. And I think that actually applies and translates over, uh, into, you know, the workplace as well, because we, you know, on the one hand we want to maximize the performance and have like a plus top performing people. We want individuals who can just be stars, but we also need cohesive teams. Like we need people who can work together. We need people who can collaborate. We need people who can not only work with their team, but work in cross-functional teams across um, parts of the organization and with different key stakeholders. Um, And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things to unpack there from the individual performance kind of perspective, the team performance kind of perspective. And I'd love to hear some of your thoughts around that.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I know that when I played tennis, there were some of us that were very good on the individual side. So playing singles, but there was also doubles and there was also mixed doubles. And you would find that there are some who are great at mixed doubles, great at doubles, but not as good when they were by themselves. They needed a team. I think what is interesting for me as I think about the work that I'm doing today on the RICA program, which is the program that is helping us build the next generation of HR leaders for the continent, is the fact that although our fellows come into that program to learn on their own they must go out there and be a tribe in order to have the impact the program wants them to have. So you come into the program, you are an individual, you make friends, there's a lot of peer interaction that is going on, although it is online. But when you come out and you graduate, you must be part of a tribe because it is in that collective that you will have the impact that we are seeking to build Because more and more we're hearing about working in tribes. We hear about don't talk about the I, let's talk about the we. How do you collaborate? Do you get along with others? Because it's not always about just you. And you can go further when you go with others. There's an African proverb Mm -hmm. that speaks something to that. I've forgotten the exact quotation, but it's something about going further when you work with others rather than trying to go it alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, when you're working with others, human interactions can be messy, right? Um, things don't always go Absolutely. according to plan and there's miscommunications and there's there's different Absolutely. styles and there's frustrations and all of those dynamics. They're always there. And I don't care how, how good the and team it's also, is. It's also
0: teaching you new skills, yes. how to get along, patience, learning new things from people that you don't have it all yourself, isn't it? So much as it can be messy, difficult, it can also be very, very highly productive.
1: Yes. So if, if you're willing, so on the one hand, And I see, I'm Mm -hmm. a university professor. Um, so I see this Mm -hmm. all the time with my students. Um, I have lots of, you know, I do lots of team-based learning, lots of team projects, consulting projects, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things with my students. And Mm -hmm. most students would prefer to do stuff on their own. They, they don't like the idea of doing team projects because they're always worried about the freeloader. They're always worried about not getting along with their team members and it's just more messy. And so you know, in their minds, they're like, well, I can control what I do. So if you know, if I want to get a good grade, and I'm doing my own individual stuff, it's all up to Mm -hmm. me. And if I don't do enough and I get a bad grade, it's on me and they can accept that, Mm. but they, you know, they worry, they have that fear that if they're on a team and the team does poorly and that's going to impact Mm. them, that's Mm. more out of their control. And so I think in part, it's just the security, it's the control issue. It's the, the uncertainty and the messiness of human, you know, interpersonal dynamics and working in a team that I see, you know, in the university setting, I see students sometimes, um, be nervous about that. But then, you know, I try, you know, I I teach HR, I teach organizational development, change management, I teach successful teams. And so part of what we do in the class is I'm like, okay, I get that you've had bad experiences and teams before, but if there's ever a time for you to learn Mm -hmm. how to work effectively together with a team, it would be in this Mm -hmm. class. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to model, you know, what it Mm -hmm. looks like to actually have a really high performing team um and lo and behold they go through the the course and there's still challenges and there's still frustrations because that happens anytime you have people working together um but by the end of the semester consistently what I hear every semester is wow this was amazing this was the first time I've ever enjoyed working in a team (laughs) and I'm like well it turns out you have some tricks there
0: you must have some tricks you need to teach us. Well, I mean it turns it out and it's
1: not like rocket yeah. science. like it turns out that there are some basic things you can do to scaffold, you know in in this case, I'm an instructor scaffolding the experience for my mm-hmm. students, but you can also think about it as like a manager. Um, scaffolding kind of self-directed teams and giving them a chance Mm -hmm. to be successful. um, I think there's a lot of overlap there and it's not rocket science. Like you you can have successful teams, but you have to have people who where you, you have to have an environment where there's mutual accountability and trust um, and where you can develop that over time. And when that's in place and there's mechanisms, mechanisms for accountability um, it turns out, like you said earlier, That yeah. teams of, of people can almost yeah. always co- accomplish way, way more
0: than way more. The,
1: the individuals um, because Absolutely. they, there's, you know, I know people, the buzzword synergy, people sometimes bristle at using the overuse of that word, but it's true. Yeah. Like you, you can have yes. synergies. You can have complementary skill sets um, and things. You know, I'm I'm good at X Y Z, but this person's good at A B C, and now we mesh together, and we can just do so much more. Um, so absolutely. I just love that, and I yeah, I love what you were sharing there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's what we absolutely are finding in our program: the fact that they start alone. And you can see them. I mean, you're a professor, so you see it in the class. They are putting up their hands. They are trying to show off, this is what I know. Then they hear somebody else, and they are intrigued by what that person is sharing. And then they want to get to know that person a little bit more. And it's very, very interesting what we're beginning to see as well. But certainly, we're hoping to build a tribe. We don't want individual players. We want people who think to some extent alike in terms of the impact that they're going to have and who can rely on each other and call on each other when they need support
1: yeah and that support is yeah. key i you know i That's often so talk key. i yeah. often talk to people yeah. about creating and maintaining yes. your, you know what i call your personal advisory board mm. um, those trusted individuals in your life oh, yes. and it can be people yes. at work uh, but it can be yes family friends uh neighbors it can be anybody right but right. you just surround yourself with trusted individuals that you can lean on that you can go to right. um that that can help you through the ups and downs of life and as you're navigating wow. career paths and shifts and adjustments and all those things like if we can yeah. if we can have that kind of personal advisory board um and just recognize yes. if we're trying to go it alone it's almost always going to be more difficult. More <laughs> so time. let's lean, let's lean into let's lean into the networking aspect, and not networking in as like let's go to this networking event and pass out our cards. I'm right. talking about like yeah. real relationships with people that we Absolutely.
0: maintain.
1: You know, I think that's super important.
0: Absolutely, very organic, very organic, and certainly, I mean, benefiting mutually beneficial. Yeah, organic, mutually beneficial, and just easy.
1: Yeah. And so yeah. I, I see that you're trying to, to um, accomplish that with the RECA HR leadership program that you're involved right. in. Uh, we And okay. we've hit on some of these kind of actionable takeaways, uh, but mm. I, I would love to hear more of your thoughts, especially as you've gone through this first cohort and you're, you're continuing to develop this and refine it. What do you see as some of those scalable and actionable takeaways um, for HR leaders specifically, but leaders generally? Uh, in in mm. the African continent, but really anywhere in the world?
0: I, th- I think one, what we're beginning to see, and in fact, we have modified our curriculum a little bit for cohort two, is that the potential of the continent is great. And we need to ensure that most of the leaders understand this potential and the fact that we could waste this potential if we're not intentional. All the statistics on Africa will tell you that we have a very young continent, that by 2030, I mean, we will have, I mean, I can't even remember what the statistics are, but we have, we have the potential to be a net exporter of talent. Now, in order for us to be a net exporter of talent, we've got to realize that we must be intentional in how we build that talent the quality of our human capital assets is not where it is it, it ought to be in order for us to realize our potential. So one of the takeaways for us is to understand that we must think collectively, systemically,
1: and it's always interesting uh, mm-hmm. your your comment about being a next a net exporter of talent uh mm-hmm. i think is, is a really important one uh one that is intriguing to me uh and mm-hmm. we like you said we know africa is a young um continent uh mm-hmm. we you know there's so much you know from an economic perspective whether we're talking about labor economics or just traditional uh economic perspective it's mm-hmm. so many a- untapped or not fully tapped resources there, um, in They're the nice. coming decades for sure. Uh, so I think, you know, that's something we're going to have to continue to be able to explore. Um, so as we move into, uh, mm-hmm. this, this unknown, but somewhat predictable future you know we do see some trends yeah. we do see some indi- indicators suggesting like you're uh, talking about yeah. we we have to prepare yeah. for it we have and as you mentioned we, we're we're preparing uh, future leaders we're pre- we're preparing future hr um people and the human capital in the continent uh, generally uh, for yes. the future of work so they so they're ready for the demands of the future of work i think that's super exciting and it, it i is think it's
0: super exciting it's very yeah. very exciting i mean and what these future leaders need to understand is that work as we know it today is changing by the day it is changing by the day workplaces we've seen with covid have changed. you know are, are changing and we've got to be open to those changes. And then look at the workers. We call it the three W's, right? The work, the workplace, and the workers are all changing. In order for human capital management leaders to be to be of use, they've got to be ahead of those changes. We can't be reactive. Within the program Atrika, we try to you know, impress on our fellows that you've got to be ahead of the curve. You've got to be thinking, how can I be head, ahead of the change that is coming? A change that I don't even know. I've, you know. I don't know what is going to come, but I've got to be nimble enough. I've got to be flexible enough. And I've got to be in the mind space where I am ahead of the organization in what might be coming. In the past, human capital leaders were the policy police. We read to you the policy We didn't even talk to you about the intent of the policy. We read it to you, and that was that. You will work 40 hours a week. You'll come to your desk. We expect you to be here at 8.30. Well, we're having to rethink all of that nonsense. That nonsense is now Darwinian, isn't it? We have to be the ones that are telling the leaders, that are telling the managers of people, hey, get with the program. The train has left the station. You know, so as human capital leaders, our mindsets have to change completely so that we're ahead of the curve in terms of the changes that are happening. It's a big mind shift because not most of us are there. You know, yeah. We used to talk about you know, sitting at the strategy table and being yeah. of use and being business partners. That's old news. That's old news. That we have to do is foundational, but we have got to be ahead, you know, at the helm of the organization in holding the people aspect together. And that means also holding the other leaders together and helping them along the interesting changes that are happening, that are happening so fast.
1: They are Mm -hmm. happening so fast. Uh, The rate and, and, and pace of change is just accelerating. Uh, and all those things you just said, and I know, you know, you're, you're coming at this from the the mindset of let's develop the human capital and the leadership and the HR potential within yes. the African continent, but everything yes. you just said applies everywhere. <laughs> like, I think, I think, it does. I, I think it leaders really are struggling does. all over the yeah. world.
0: And you know, what's, what's, what we're beginning to find John and sorry to jump in. We have global mentors on this program. So all the fellows have mentors. Some of the mentors are from the continent, some of the mentors are from outside the continent. They're from the US, they're from Europe, they're from the UK, they're from India, et cetera, et cetera. What we're beginning to find is the mentors are telling us that they're also learning from their mentees. And some of the issues their mentees are dealing with, is they're dealing with it too. So what you've said is exactly right. These things are ubiquitous. They're not specific to Africa. But in Africa, we've got to see that we have we have a tremendous opportunity which we must harness. Because in terms of human capital assets, perhaps we're lagging behind. We've got to get ahead. And that means catching up with the world. And because we have this wonderful, youthful population, by 2050 we'll almost be 2 billion people. We can leap from if we wanted to the human talent must be turned into human capital assets and we must be highly productive.
1: I love it, Susan. So many great things that have come out of this conversation. We've only scratched the surface, um, mm-hmm. but I do have to let you go here in just a few minutes. Before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you and find out more about your work, uh, your team, the RECA program, uh, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much. This is such, such fun. What a pity that we're ending so soon. But audience, you can catch up with me at sgithuku at hpdafrica.com. I am also on LinkedIn under Susan Githuku. Our program is fantastic. We are dreamers because it's dreamers that change the world. It's people who think differently as job and HR leaders for the continent. It doesn't have to be this continent alone. Please touch base with me. S. Ithuku at HPDAfrica.com. Thank you.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Susan. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Susan and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas. And what better way to get into the holiday spirit than with a minky couture blanket? Whether you're gathered around the tree with loved ones, roasting marshmallows by the fire, or just looking for a cozy way to stay warm on a chilly night, Minky blankets are the perfect addition to your Christmas festivities. With a wide range of festive designs and colors, you can find the perfect blanket to match your holiday decor or gift to your loved ones. So this Christmas, make your holiday even cozier with a Minky Couture blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket, just in time for the holiday. Happy Holidays from Minky Couture.